Welcome to Grace on the Go. This podcast is designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go. This episode is a sermon from Sunday, August 27th, 2023 called Come and See Where They Laid Him, given by Pastor Jonathan Dinger. The scripture passage highlighted for today's sermon comes from the book of John, chapter 11, verse 34. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Well, God's grace, his mercy, and his peace are yours in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Um, so I was just thinking about, um, about things that I would love to invite people to come and see. And a couple of things, I don't know how many of you love museums. My family doesn't like going to museums with me because I read everything. And so it's, it's hard on them. Um, but I'll tell you, there's a, there's, and this is kind of a neat come and see moment. My favorite museum almost of all time, because growing up in New York City, I loved the Museum of Natural History. I could just about live there. It was so great. So many floors and so much. It was just, I just loved it. And the Hayden Planetarium is there and all kinds of really neat things. But in the Northwest, in Victoria, British Columbia, is the Provincial Northwest Museum in Victoria. And I don't know if you've ever taken the ferry and gone there. When we lived in Seattle, that was a favorite kind of excursion. Every couple of years, we'd we'd go over there, but it is like one of the best museums I've ever been in for the Northwest. It's, it's great on mining and trapping, and it's great on the salmon, and it's great on uh, the mountains and, and, you know, the Puget Sound and that whole area. Just gorgeous, gorgeous um, museum. And I love to tell people, you, gotta, you should come and see that. You should come and see it. I love telling my best friends from New York, you got and my good friends from Yuma, you got to come and see Yellowstone. I mean, these people have never seen Yellowstone. Is that hard to imagine? Never. And so I just, you got to see this. What about this invitation, though? What if I said to you, I need you to come and see the Holocaust Museum? Anybody been? There's about three of them, big ones that I know of. So one in D.C., and then there's... Um, and then there's one in, in Jerusalem. Gosh, there's another one. There's three of them. Oh, I think L.A. has one, too. There may be several. I visited the one in Jerusalem in the Holy Land, and that was, it is a thing. You come out of that, you don't talk for a while. You just don't talk for a while. Um, and I grew up in New York City, and, you know, it's, a, it's just an overwhelming kind of a never forget. You can never forget that this many of man's inhumanity to man. It's almost impossible to imagine. I remember the room, and forgive me, so often I, I start light. This is a little heavier. And I want, I'm telling it to you for this reason. I'll give away. I'll give it away here. You heard the gospel lesson. That's what I'm talking about today, Lazarus. Think about Mary and Martha pleading with Jesus to come, and he doesn't come. And your brother dies, and you knew that if he was there, he probably wouldn't have died. That's heavy. That, that's a heavy thing. That is a huge loss. In Jewish culture, the loss of that man put the lives of Mary and Martha at risk. You, in that culture, you'd have that male protection and that covering and that provision. It was an existential moment for those two women, and Jesus didn't show. It's kind of like, I thought you loved us moment. Anybody there? Been there? You don't have to raise your hand. Ever been there? I call it kind of a Lazarus moment. What's cool is there's the rest of the story, but in this moment, they don't know that, do they? 
They don't know that Jesus is going to cry out, Lazarus, come out. They don't know that he's going to be pulled back from heaven to live and be with them again. It's a hard moment. But I will tell you, you should come and see the Holocaust Museum. You know what's interesting about it? There are whole countries in our world that deny that the Holocaust ever happened. Countries that are in, in deep animosity historically with Jewish people, and they deny that it happened. If it happened at all, it was a few thousand people, as if that's like okay. In America, do you, I, this is startling to me. I did this research this week. Fully 10% of our population believes that the Holocaust never happened. That, that never happened. One in 10. Out of the people who do, when you ask them how many people lost their lives, 65% of Americans believe it was less than 2 million. Did you know that two out of every three Jews in Europe died in the Holocaust? Two out of three. Six million, and that's a low number. That's a low number. It doesn't include gypsies, gay people, a whole bunch of other people. Doesn't count the number of Jews executed by Russia, Soviet Union. Doesn't count that either. It's a horror show. Why am I being this heavy with you? Because I guarantee you, if you're not in it, there are people you know who are. Who are in what I'd call a Holocaust moment. A moment where the loss is overwhelming. And it, bring, and it is bringing them down. And the, the, the come and see line in this, did you catch it? Did you catch it? It was people saying it to Jesus. Come and see where they've laid the body. I'm, I'm going to give you five things here, and I pray this blesses you. It sounds a little heavy. It'll get better, I promise. Because Jesus is in the room. And Jesus is in the moment. But this is a real moment. And every once in a while, we've got to do that, don't we? This is a real moment of great loss. So there's an outline. If you want to follow it along and so forth, this, kind of a, this is a Lazarus moment from death to life, but death is real. Here's the first one. The first one in this is come and see when we are broken. So Jesus has made this invitation, and, and it's, it's befuddling. It's kind of befuddling. The, the, so Jesus has moved out of Jerusalem. So just to give you the picture, there's Jerusalem, two miles outside of his little suburb, Bethany. This is where Mary, our Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, all siblings, live together. We think Lazarus was fairly well off and was a major financial supporter of Jesus' ministry. That's what we believe. That's what the indicators are. And Jesus would go there. It was a safe place for him to land. It was, it was there also. Mary, it's noted in here, is the one who came to the house and wept on Jesus' feet, washed them with her hair out of great gratitude for forgiveness and grace, that kind of thing. And so this is the situation. Lazarus gets very ill. They send a messenger to Jesus. Jesus has left that area of Jerusalem because his life was threatened multiple times. So he's left that area to continue his ministry until it's right for him to come back for that culminating time in Holy Week. So he's left. The word comes, Lord, the one you love is sick. Isn't that a hook? This isn't just nobody. This isn't just some schlub. This is Lazarus. You love this guy. 
Side note, squirrel note, this is in the Gospel of John. You know how John's signature appears in the Gospel? His signature is the disciple who Jesus loved. Well, isn't that narcissistic? And people look at it that way. Doesn't it come off weird? John kind of signs it as, and the one Jesus loved, the disciple whom Jesus loved. It seems really arrogant, doesn't it? Kind of conceited. Here's how you should always read this. Sorry that I'm squirreling, but here's how you should read that. When John writes that, he's not worried about anybody else. He's essentially saying, can you believe that he loved even me? Can you believe it? That's cool, huh? So it's the same thing. Lord, you loved this one. I mean, he was close to you, good friend. Who doesn't Jesus love? This one was really close. So could you hurry it up? Could you get here quick? And Jesus says no. He waits. It's really interesting because uh, Thomas and the disciples say to Jesus, are we really going to go back there? Your life was in danger. They said they would kill you. If you show back up, and here's Thomas, to his great credit, we give Thomas grief, don't we? Downing Thomas. Thomas says, let's go back, and we'll die with Jesus. We'll, we'll walk that road with him. Anyway, it wasn't that time. But Thomas, pretty powerful faith, right? So he waits four days. Here's my point. Point number one, come and see when we are broken. You know what I find odd in the church? I'll say it real quick. When people go through hard, broken times, they stop coming. Now, I'm not quite sure how to decipher that. Are they mad because maybe God didn't do something they wanted them to do at that time? I, often it's, it's when people like get divorced or they, they suffer a loss or their kid was in jail or, and they're embarrassed. Or they think everybody here will kind of mock them as if none of us have experienced any of those things. I sure hope. Like I was telling Chris, I said, you know, because, I'm, you know, I'm sad. I'm excited. I've got weird emotions for you going. I'm, but I'm sad about it. And I, I, I love you as a brother and a friend. Um, but it's interesting because I said, you know, Chris, when you announce this, People are going to do their best to say the right thing, and they might not say always the right thing. You with me? Isn't this weird, like when people die or stuff? I always tell people, like when I'm with them and they're, I said, you know what? People are, people are going to do their best, and they won't always know what to say. But they love you, and they're not being. Nobody's being mean. We're just clumsy sometimes. Me too. And so, but that's... Isn't that the challenge? Come and see when we're broken. We need, that's where we need, when we're broken, we got to come and invite Jesus to come and see it. You do know he sees it already, right? He's already got it, already seen it. Those parts that we're embarrassed of, those parts that we wish people didn't know, those parts that we want to pretend aren't really there. And so in those broken moments, in those Lazarus moments, we want to be like Mary and Martha and say, come on, come, come, come. Come and see this when we're broken. Uh, the second thing I want to share with you on this is uh, come and see the caregivers. I've got to show you this book. So I don't think Forrest and Pam are here. Oh, there. Da, 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 da. Did they warn you that I talked about it? Oh, okay. I didn't ask your permission. Too bad. <clears throat> 
I didn't read this part, but I'm going I'm to embarrass Pam. So Pam is a nurse, and she was a case manager. What a blessing that Forrest had her as a partner. But Forrest went through, I won't say it right, but leukemia, a blood, blood cancer. <clears throat> We're so grateful that you're sitting back there, serving away. Pam wrote this early in the book. If you're currently a caregiver for a loved one, <clears throat> okay, uh, no, matter, no matter the illness, this book is for you. I will share my journey as a caregiver with those facing a serious illness, life-threatening disease, or end-of-life situation. Our story focuses on leukemia, stem cell transplant, and complications that come with it. You'll learn to communicate effectively with doctors and nurses, navigate the healthcare system, and find strength and hope in your faith. So there's much more that she says that this is right in the beginning. Caregivers are often invisible. And I love this. Jesus comes, and who does he go to first? He goes to the caregivers. He goes to, he goes to Martha and to Mary. Uh, they're not unseen to Jesus. The second one is come and see the caregivers, um, because so often the caregivers can be forgotten. And you know, it's interesting, because here comes Martha, and you never know how to play this. How did she say it? We don't know, do we? All the videotapes have been lost. And so we don't have that. So how did Martha react? Now, in our humanity, we kind of get it. What's the first words out of her mouth? It could be this. Think of Jewish housewife. <laughs> Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Right? You can play it that way, can't you? And I think we understand that. would be very human. Why? Where were you? Anybody cried that prayer? Where were you? I thought we were on the same team. I thought we were simpatico, you know. I thought that was us. Where were you? And you know, this is the interesting thing. I, I really want to appeal to you here. This is a faith thing. This is a grow in faith thing, is to say, Lord, I need you present. I'm going to take whatever you bring me. Because whatever you bring me is going to be right and good. Boy, that's a hard prayer. That's a hard prayer. I'm going to, I, but I need you with me because without you there, I'm lost. I'm drifting. I'm, un, I'm unmoored. I don't know. So I'm, in, I'm longing for you to be present. Come and see. Come and be. Come and be present. So being present, and Jesus comes to those who have been delivering care who have hard questions. Hard questions. Often the caregiver will say, why wasn't it me? <clears throat> so when Jesus comes, I love this, because he doesn't fail to come, and sometimes his word is not easy, is not easy to hear. It's good. It's not easy it's good, but he's present. And because he's present and acts in the way that he does, he waited four days. And you know the reason why. Lazarus has to be really dead. Princess Bride dead. Not mostly dead. All the way dead to show the glory of God. I mean, he says it twice. Jesus says it twice. Going to show the glory of God. 
um, small comfort to Mary and Martha at this moment. But when Jesus is present, he's present for them, but he's also present for all of us. Because in that moment, he's present for Mary and Martha in their brokenness and their grieving and their hurt. But he is going to do something which is going to point towards a resurrection for all people. For all people who have placed their trust in him, there's a hope of new life. There's a hope that he himself is the resurrection and that death would not get the last word. So the second one is come and see those that are caregiving. He comes for you. If you're a caregiver, invite him in. If you've been broken, come here. Be part of this peace. Come where Jesus is present with his people. Come here. Point number three, for this reason, come and see great faith in others. Actually, here's how I like to play Mary and Martha. Both of them say it. And Mary says it too. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Take those as great statements of faith. If you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. I know that. I mean, I, if you're watching The Chosen, there's, it's kind of extra biblical the end of season three about Simon and his crisis of faith. It's really funny. He, he doesn't have a crisis of faith of whether Jesus is the Messiah or God in the flesh. That's not his crisis of faith. His crisis of faith is how come you're helping them and not me? That's his crisis. That's honest. He, gets the, he knows exactly who Jesus is. What he wants to know is Jesus for me. And will he act for me? And so in this one, come and see how do you get there is by seeing great faith in others. I'll tell you a story about my dearest friend in seminary. He was from Wisconsin. And we actually, it's a long story, which I won't tell you, but we both bartended in the same place to work our way through seminary. I'm sorry, is that sacrilegious? It, it paid good. It was awesome. And uh, what was funny was, so we had four 10-hour shifts and we shared them. But he was such a nervous student that he gave me his shifts all the time. And so he was always worried about getting A's. I always told him, I said, Mike, you know what you call a seminary student with a 2.0 GPA? Pastor, that's what you call him. Okay, there you go. I go, I'm not worried about that. Anyway, so, um, but what a good guy. And he and his wife had two kids when we were there. Our kids were the same age. I guess it was one at the same time. Bridget and Sarah were there. And then... He just kept having kids. Ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. He's like, he's on vicarage, and he's got like his fourth kid, fifth kid. And I go, Mike, what are you doing? He goes, let me see, I wrote it down. This was great. I said, Mike, are you doing? I said, how are you going to do this? Because we were scraping. I mean, we, it was the era of our life, you know, where you're searching the couch cushions for change. It was that kind of thing. We're going to the food bank for food. I mean, that's what it was to get through that time of our life. And I said, and he goes, he said, God's done this. He said, God's done this, John. He says, God will see it through. And I, you know, and, and I, it's weird. I'm, I wish I was of greater faith and a greater model of faith for you. I calculate too much. I crunch the numbers too much. My friend Mike didn't do that. He said, God made these kids. He's going to provide for these kids. I, I was inspired by that. I've been inspired by the generosity of others. I've been, and you know where I experienced that? In the community of faith. What Jesus said, here's another come and see moment. Come and see the faith of others. I believe that Martha and Mary are making tremendous statements of faith. Lord, I know 
that if you were here, my brother would not have died. And I know that if you ask him now, he'll live. He'll give whatever you ask. And Jesus says, you know, he will rise again. You know he'll rise again, right? And she says, oh yeah, I got that. I got that. He'll rise at the last day. No sweat. We all know that. And Jesus then does those great, great words. I'm the resurrection. You're looking at the resurrection. I'm the one who will make him rise. Because I will rise, he rises too. I will live again. And so what's interesting is Jesus, of course, is a subset of one in a resurrection. Lazarus is restored to life. He'll die again and be raised at the last day. Jesus is the one who rises never to die again. And so this is a foretaste of that coming. Come and see great faith in others, both Martha and Mary. And Jesus goes, I'm the resurrection and life. He who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? I love that. That's what I love. Do you believe this? She goes, oh yeah. Yes, Lord, I believe you're the Messiah, the, one who, the Son of God who's come into the world. I believe it. I love it. I use it at funerals all the time. I use this passage all the time. Do you believe it? Yes, I do. Because if I don't, I ought to go home and leave. I believe it. And this is where you see great faith in others. You see that faith that if God is, provi- if God is doing it, God will provide it. Come and see great faith in others where the faithful are gathered. Fourth thing, come and see the glory of God. So next Sunday we're doing a farewell and Godspeed for Chris and Samantha and their kids. So we're doing that after this service. Please We hope you come and celebrate with us. We've got a number of people sharing some things. We're going to provide lunch. Um, It's it's a bittersweet moment. We're sad to see. We're excited for what lays before him. We believe God works through his church. And so it's an interesting thing because I've had some people kind of say, yeah, but we had all kinds of plans and this was going to happen and that was going to happen and and now it's all kind of all messed up, right? And I, it seems wrong. It just seems wrong. It just this is what I had some people say. And I said, you know what? We're going to see how God's going to work. These are the moments where we see how God works. In fact, I, it's this odd. Some of you will laugh when you hear me say this. I'm actually really thrilled when God thwarts my plans because he shows me another way. I, it's really an amazing thing when I discover the plan I had God has a better one. And so here's the thing. Jesus says it twice in this passage. Come and see the glory of God. Now, Mary and Martha may be struggling with this, and you might be too, depending upon what you're going through. But when we stop and we say, okay, Jesus, this is in your hand. Do it. Do what you're going to do, and you'll see the glory of God. Who would have thought that the glory of God was in a Roman cross. Who could imagine it? In fact, Isaiah even says that. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Nobody's going to buy this. But that's where the glory of God is. Last point. Last point. Come and see from a whole new perspective. I love to tell people this at funerals and, and otherwise, but in funerals I love to say death does not get the last word. Because Jesus is the resurrection and life, death doesn't get the last word. And in our world, in our secular world, material world, death is the defining moment. Much of what happens is because of death. 
to escape death, to create a legacy, to create financial resources for your offspring, to, because I'm going to die, and I'm going to be gone, and death is the defining moment. And for Christians, it never is, or should never be. It should never be the defining moment. I have often said it this way, and you know this to be true, death is not the worst thing that can happen to you in this life. Dying without Christ is. And that's not very politically correct of me, but either I believe the book or I don't believe the book. Dying is not the worst thing. Dying without hope, without the resurrection, without the one who lives, that's tragedy. That's horror. And so we give thanks that we can say, come and see a whole new perspective. Jesus, I love this moment. Jesus then stands at the tomb and he weeps. He empathizes with them. Isn't it crazy? Because he knows what's going to happen next. And I know, I've often said, I think he weeps because of the conversation he's going to have with Lazarus later is not going to be pretty. Because Lazarus is going to be going, what did you do? I was in heaven and you pulled me back to this. You know, I mean... I wondered if Jesus weeps about that. I think he's really weeping with Mary and Martha and all those who, who are hurting. But he, so he weeps with us, but he calls him by name. And he calls him forth from the darkness into the light. He transforms the tomb into a victory station and platform, a place of life eternal. Jesus also calls you by name from life, from death to life. And he calls with his own voice, and he anticipates it and validates it with his own death and glorious resurrection. So, here's the word. Come and see where they laid him? No, we're not going to say that. We're going to say, come and see where they raised him. To God be the glory, now and always. Amen. If you have any questions or comments, email them to podcast at gracepocatello.org. And make sure to subscribe to our channel to stay up to date on sermons and classes at Grace Lutheran Church in Pocatello, Idaho. This podcast is designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go.